the people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. Of Welcome. And this week, thanks so much for tuning in to episode number 100 of Sake On Air. To be honest, we're somewhat at a loss for words this week. When we first began Sake on Air back in October of 2018, it was by no means a given that we would wind up putting a hundred episodes about sake and shochu out into the world. Ambition intertwined with ongoing efforts to make a sake-centric podcast a reality was actually years in the making prior to this thing ever getting started. There was this feeling that something of this nature ought to exist but with no real sake-specific precedent for reference, we had no idea as to whether or not anyone would actually listen or if there was enough interest out in the world to justify this sort of a production. This week, we just want to say thank you. Thank you to you and to everyone for proving to us and the global sake community at large that we were just the right amount of crazy not only for starting Sake on Air in the first place, but also for keeping this thing going. We've always hoped that Sake on Air could be somewhat educational for those with both a new or an insatiable interest in Sake or Shochu. But with so many great educational programs available nowadays, more than anything, we've wanted a show to be a place where, where we could expand the dialogue and in turn, the breadth of possibilities for how these incredible drinks could live in the lives of both casual drinkers as well as enthusiasts. We want for anyone and everyone with even just a spark of interest in the world of sake to feel comfortable and empowered to integrate these into their life in a way that makes sense for them, as well to then share those experiences with others. We know that one 60-minute episode isn't nearly enough to capture the depth and breadth of what the worlds of sake and shochu have to offer, but by keeping a large cast of experienced, knowledgeable hosts and inviting a wide range of guests to explore a variety of topics every other week, our hope is that the cumulative output of Sake on Air will be something evergreen for both new and old listeners for years to come. We don't know what the future will bring for the show or whether or not another 100 episodes are even in our future. But this week, we just wanted to take a moment to express our thanks to all of our listeners for continuing to be our inspiration for keeping this thing going. So go ahead and grab your favorite Koji-powered beverage and tune in. Doing something a hundred times, or at least something as big as podcasts, is actually quite significant. And we've done our best to reach 100, but really, we think we've just begun to scratch the surface. So from here on out, we want to address as many topics as we can across as wide a range of topics as we can and satisfy the curiosity, the insatiable curiosity for sake and shochu amongst all of our listeners. We'll do our best, so please continue to tune in and we hope to quench that thirst. Yoroshiku. Hello, listeners. It's Chris Hughes, a.k.a. Big Chris here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this 100th episode Wow, 100. We got here rather quickly. It seems like just yesterday that we all were huddling around the microphone for the first time, about to embark 
on this journey, not quite knowing where we were heading, but knowing that we were probably about to embark on quite an exciting adventure. And what an adventure it has been. They say that time flies when you're having fun, and this has just been so much fun. And I actually went back and I listened to an early episode, one of our first episodes in preparation for this. I listened to episode two called State of the Industry. It was with Justin and Sebastian. We were discussing sort of the industry at the time. And I just, listening to that, it just struck me, oh my God, how much I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, I never recorded a podcast before and it's clear. So apologies, first of all. Thanks for sitting through that first episode. I hope I've improved since then. I have tried to work on my technique. But, you know, it's just been such an amazing learning experience. I think that's how I would sum it up. Because being surrounded by all these incredible professionals who I look up to and admire, and everyone has different knowledge because we've all had different experiences. We've all come from slightly different backgrounds. We've maybe met different people on our journey. We've had different, uh, we've maybe approached Saki from different angles, different perspectives. When you get all these professionals around the mic, it just, it's just such an insightful experience that's kind of hard to describe in words. I can never find the right adjectives in these situations, but just amazing. And so one of my highlights over from this four and a half years of recording would have to be the deep dive episodes that we do. I really enjoy the deep dive episodes. I love diving into a particular topic. We always go down rabbit holes. We rarely return <laughs> to where we started, but we, I learned so much. I learned so much preparing these episodes as well, doing all the research. Uh, perhaps if I'm going to pick one out of all the deep dives that we've done, that I've enjoyed the most, I go back and listen to a lot actually is the Saki and food pairing episode. All the different ideas that we came up with in that episode, I mean, it kind of surpassed my expectations in a lot of ways, what I thought we could achieve with that episode. I don't think we did the topic justice. We will definitely come back to it. And then the next highlight, I think we are in a very unique and fortunate position to be here in Japan. And it means that we're actually able to meet and interview some of these amazing artisans and one of those interviews that is incredibly memorable for me is the interview that we did with the president of Shimizu Seizuburo Shoten, Shinichiro Shimizu, in Mie Prefecture, the makers of the brand Zaku. And the reason why it's so memorable, well, first of all, I had to actually translate that episode so that we could have Miyara-san, who did an amazing job, by the way, dub. Shimizu-san's voice into English because we did the whole interview in Japanese. And when you have to translate something, you have to kind of understand it on a very deep level. And it means that you have to listen to the same thing over and over again. Um, so I actually kind of really was able to delve quite deep into what, what Shimizu-san was actually saying. And, you know, as I say at the beginning of every episode, it was the history and culture that is intertwined with sake she's basically Japanese history and culture, that wooed me into this world. And that episode has all that in abundance. It's great to really discover these sake stories, as I like to refer to them. And when we do these interviews with the brewers, I always learn so much. And 
I really enjoy doing those episodes. And it's been just amazing to, not just sake brewers, but we've been able to meet so many trailblazers in the sake industry, being able to, a real privilege and an honor to be able to meet so many amazing people, influential people. I perhaps might just throw out as a honorable mention, the recent episode that I did with Katara Sunshine, the Dakugo artist. If you haven't listened to that, please go and have a listen to it. It doesn't have, it's not so sake focused, but it's still really, really interesting. And last but not least, uh, I think without a doubt, one of the biggest highlights of this four and a half years would have to be those live shows that we've done where we've been able to interact with you, the listener. It's you who are making this podcast for, and it was just so great to and be able to answer the questions that you have and hear some of the feedback that you have. And I meet some of you on a regular basis at events here in Japan or overseas. And it's so great to, it's just so great. You know, the Saki world is very community driven. And I think I'm just so happy that we've been able to connect so many to so many people through this podcast. And I hope we can continue to do that, that going forward. So before I ramble even more, um, I'll end it there and I'll just finish this by toasting to another 100 episodes of Saki on Air. I hope you join us on the next stage of this adventure. Here's to another 100 episodes. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And on that note, Kampai. Hi, Saki on Air listeners. This is Marie and thank you for tuning into our 100th episode. So, on this special occasion, I'm taking a moment to reflect on the past couple of years with the show. And it's truly been a fun, educational, and above all, an inspiring experience for me. I was able to get to speak with a number of passionate, trailblazing, unique professionals out there in the field of sake shochu and beyond, and really learn from them both as a cast as well as a listener. The past couple of years has also been a challenging time for us as creatives because we've had to completely shift the way we record and produce our content in the face of the global pandemic. I can only say that it's been a steep learning curve, but hey, you know, we may do. So it is what it is. Um, so yeah, returning to in-person recordings and events now feels that much more special for me. Anyways, speaking of in-person events, um, one of the, my most memorable moments of the show has been when we recorded at the Aoyama Sake Flea, I think back in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we did an impromptu recording with my good friend from Australia, Andre Bishop, and founder of Colorado Sake, William Stewart. As I remember it, it was like a super last minute thing. I'd met up with Andre the day before, who was in town after doing a stint at Dasai. And I asked him if he'd be down to do a cameo for a show. And he was like, sure. Uh, we also got word that William was in town at the same time too. So we were like triangulating, coordinating, off the cuff, making this recording happen at the Sake Flea. Um, yeah, there's something really special about being in the hustle and bustle of the market, you know, all these breweries putting up their booths and 
we were just sat in the middle of it recording al fresco you know with two awesome people you know kind of random of the moment um who are in the sake on the sake frontier in um two different parts of the world and we just kind of cross paths and come together for a fun recording so um yeah that's one of my more memorable moments of the show and I'm scrolling down our list of episodes as I record this now. And uh, each of them bring back memories. I kid you not, there are even some that I feel like, I'm like, I'm sure I was on the recording cast, but I'm not. And then it's probably because I've listened to it more than a number of times. Um, I am grateful and proud to see how Sakyon Air has come to be such a... Um, a wealth of knowledge and experience, and more importantly, a platform to share ideas and showcase interesting efforts around the world. Um, I'm not sure how I'm landing the plane with this recording, but this is all a long-winded way of saying thank you so much for all of your support all this time. Um, I'm so happy to make it to the 100th episode. And I look forward to getting back on the mic more often in the coming months. So speak to you guys soon. Bye. 4.5 years, 100 episodes. Wow. Thank you very much for being with us today, dear listeners. What will I remember about or from these 100 episodes? Uh, for sure, I remember the beginning and, and the nervousness uh, associated with recording new episodes. Uh, in all honesty, uh, sitting behind the mic and trying to express my thoughts in a language that was not my mother tongue was a source of, uh, of stress, of, of a lot of stress. And um, I was encouraged, of course, by the very kind feedbacks of my co-hosts and, and, and some of you uh, listeners. And, and I have no regret. Uh, what, what I will miss is in a way, the, the lightness um, that prevailed in the pre-COVID era where we would gather extremely regularly at the JSS Info Center to record a new episode because uh, this is now a thing of, of the past. Uh, well, I hope it's a thing of the future as well, but for, for many reasons, we, we haven't been able to do that as much as we would want to in the past uh, three years now. Um, I will remember some of the early challenges as well uh, because we were, we were here, uh, we were there behind the mic to, to spread the word and educate future sake aficionados. So trying to be pedagogues and, and go back to the basics. At the same time, we know that many of you regular listeners are very knowledgeable about sake or nihonshu or shochu and awamori, and you're looking for what's new or special. Um, you're looking for uh, some of the details of such and such process, and, and, and it's, it's too easy. I mean, we, we feel um, definitely attracted by, by rabbit holes when we, when we see one. Um, in terms of content, I feel we've overall done a pretty good job given the breadth of the topics we covered. Technical stuff, gastronomy, rice, sake types, shochu, awamori, and, and so on and so forth. Um, but what I particularly 
enjoy listening again and again is the amazing content of some of the interviews we used for the Sake Future Summit in 2020. And I certainly don't want the credit for it because Justin and Imada-san have done most of the job. I mean, one interview in particular that I, I found really fascinating was the exchange between uh, Onishi-san from, from, from Kyushu Shuzo uh, Jikon and Shirakashi-san from, from Kembishi. Um, but uh, overall, the parts of, of the episode that I loved most recording are our interviews. Um, because through interviews, you discover people, you discover passions. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking now of, of the passion of uh, Mehdi Medafar, uh, now at Terra da Honke, or, or Gregor Boeuf at Les Larmes du Levant, and, and many other um, foreign people involved in sake brewing, or in sake uh, trading, or in um, areas uh, related to, uh, to sake culture. Um, what's great about interviews is, of course, what you, what, you, what you have or what you can hear or listen to, which is the finished products. But there are things that you will not hear about, uh, that will not be able to listen to, which are the, the parts that were cut off. And these parts include the pre-recording uh, discussions or the post-recording discussions. And all the stuff that we that we that we had to 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 cut and uh in in that sense um oh, in a recent episode um one of our guests had had many many things to say and, and we felt that some of the things were not uh totally or fully appropriate for for a broad audience and and some of that what was cut off but but if we if we could do some some private broadcasting of uh, of sake on air there are some uh, anecdotes and things that uh, would be would be worth sharing so i mean overall i'm really looking forward to uh, the next uh, 100 episodes uh, hope i will be able to find more time uh, to uh, invest in in producing content and interviewing more people in the next um, in the next uh, uh, few weeks or months i mean in between japan has reopened and it keeps us pretty busy. Um, but, I mean, please uh, step out, stay connected. And um, I'm looking forward to the next opportunity to exchange with you. Send us your questions, send us your comments. It helps us to define content. Kind regards. Hello, this is Cindy. And I am, for a change, on the microphone. Because normally, as you know, I'm a little bit more behind the scenes here at Sake on Air. But for this very special 100th episode of Sake on Air, I thought I make another exception and I join the team here and share a few of my highlights from these 100 podcasts. And I'm gonna try to make this short and sweet. And yeah, looking back, I must say for me personally, and because I travel a lot, some of my highlights were actually meeting the people that we had on the show in real life. With many of them, I also actually got to know, just like you guys listening through our podcast. 
So whenever I had the chance to actually catch up with one of them in real life, that really made it extra special for me. And it would not have happened if it wasn't for all the work that the other guys put in on getting these episodes out. But of course, there's one more thing that I really, really loved. And it was when we actually recorded live sessions at JSS, our home base, with actually some of our listeners based here in Japan joining us for these live or semi-live recordings. That was certainly a highlight because I think for me being on the other side of our social media channels, I do interact with some of you, but then getting to meet you face to face and really talk and have a chat that has really been extremely rewarding. And it's been a huge pleasure to be part of the team here at Sake on Air. And I hope we're going to get to do another 100 episodes. So with that, I raise a toast and I come by. Hello, everyone. Christopher Pellegrini at your service. And I just want to say that I think it's amazing that we hit the century mark. That is, of course, thanks to people like Imada-san, and the other amazing hosts on this podcast, Justin and Frank in particular. And of course, to everybody who's listening to this right now, thank you so much for continuing to tune in and to ask us questions, to motivate us, and to um, give us feedback on everything that's going on, what you're seeing in the world, and what I am seeing right now as the resident shochu and awamori nerd is that things are really taking off around the world. I've never seen the type of energy, the attention, the excitement surrounding this burgeoning category outside of Japan, like we're starting to witness right now. We're talking about a very imminent bump in export numbers, and I'm excited to see what the next couple of years bring. All of those years of hard work leading up to this, of course, appear very close to hitting some form of critical mass, I think. And that is going to help propel us into the future. It's going to help establish a form of sustainable growth overseas for shochu and awamori like we haven't seen before. Um, awamori, of course, is still fighting really hard to keep up with shochu. But I think one really promising thing that we've seen over the past year or so is that the Awamori Makers Association in, in um, tandem with the JSS and other entities have put a lot of resources into promoting Awamori internationally. They've been sending people over. They've been sponsoring events. They're helping brands that don't yet have distribution representation internationally find or at least meet up with potential partners. And I think that's very promising. And I see only good things coming forward in the next, geez, we're talking just the next few years. I think we're going to see a lot of changes. That, of course, also has been due to the number of bartenders who have come to Japan, the media that is coming to Japan, often sponsored by various Japanese government or quasi-government entities, some importers themselves are helping to do that, bring people over here to experience, to have an authentic um, week or fortnight in Japan. And it's really exciting. I think I've already expressed that quite a bit, but keep on listening here to Sake on Air because I think we're going to have nothing but big news, positive news, exciting news 
coming over the next 100 episodes, honestly, as far as shochu and Awamori go, in addition, of course, to all of the Nihonshu news that is coming at you 24-7. I'm very gratified to be able to report that shochu and Awamori are going to pull more of their own weight. And that's also because of you out there, because you're starting to go to your local bottle shop, your local bar, and ask if they carry these products. And if they don't, then, well, that'll put it on their radar. And hopefully enough people will ask similar questions. And before you know it, Shochu and Awamori will be pretty much everywhere that spirits are sold. Um, That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I've spent basically all of the last several years working towards. And thank you to everyone. Can't wait to bring you better news in the future. From me here in Japan to all of you out there all around the world, a very hearty and heartfelt kanpai. Hello, listeners. My name is Shuso Imada. I'm not a regular host of the show, but I have been working with the program since its birth in 2018. Thanks to the incredible efforts of the staffs and, of course, the support of the listeners, we could, we could continue the show for four and a half years with 100 episodes, which I truly think is a great accomplishment. I clearly remember the moment when we came up with the idea of the Sake on Air project. I was running a project called Sake 2020 Project with my close friends, including John Gontner, which is aimed to prepare the infrastructure for the foreigners visiting Japan for the Olympic to enjoy sake while they stay in Japan. I asked some uh, foreign friend of mine, such as Sebastian, Chris, and Rebecca to help the project as a volunteer. When I was standing by the counter of JSS Information Center and watching the events of Sake 2020 project, Justin was next to me. He was standing next to me. He said to me, hey, looking at all these sake professionals from all different countries, such as America, France, New Zealand, and England, what I want to do is a radio show which uh, we sent the latest news concerning sake from Japan, the sacred place of sake, to let people know what's happening in, this, uh, in the sake world. It's only us who can do that. I thought Justin's idea was very interesting and worth taking efforts. So I said, okay, let's think what we can do. That's how we started the show. Sadly, after April of the year 2020, Corona pandemic stopped everything and we had to do everything online. We naturally did the recording online for almost two years. It was good to know that we could do it that way, but still doing everything online is not as enjoyable as doing it live in a real place, person to person. In that sense, one of the happiest sake on air show was the one we did outside at Aoyama Sake Flea. Aoyama Sake Flea was a very cool sake event organized together with the open air market called Aoyama Farmer's Market. It was held in a very nice area of Tokyo and many younger generations as well as foreigners uh, visited the market. At that market, we made a pop-up radio studio at the market and broadcasted from the event. 
we did an interview with a very interesting person like uh, Nancy Singleton Hatches, a very famous uh, culinary researcher, as well as a, the author of a famous book. Or Dmitry Bulav is an interesting Russian bar owner. Or Antore Bishop, an Australian sake samurai. And William Stewart from Colorado Sake. Doing the show outside with people listening at the site was an excitement as well as an enjoyment. Know Your Host series was interesting for me too. It was a series of introducing the hosts by two members talking to each other. It was, it was interesting to me to know uh, the personal background of the guests, which made me understand the person deeply. I enjoyed the, the atmosphere of the recording, uh, recording the show. Believe me, we respect, we respect each other very much, and we truly enjoyed the chatting about our favorite subject, which is sake and shochu. It's very sad that our main producer, Justin Potts, flew to the U.S., and that we can't do the real show together with him, because I like his voice and the atmosphere he creates. Well, it's only my selfishness, I have to say. We can uh, communicate well online, and make the show online. So the show must go on, as Freddie Mercury said. Thank you very much. And that wraps it up for episode 100 of Sake on Air. If you like, you can share with us your own thoughts on how Sake on Air can continue to contribute to your life with Sake and Shochu. We love hearing from you. So please do reach out to us, whether it be on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can always email us directly at questions at Sake on Air. Thank you again so much for letting us do this a hundred times. We'll be back with round 101 before you know it. Until then, kanpai. Sake on Air is made possible with the generous and fantastic support of the Japan Sake Shochu Makers Association and is broadcast whenever possible from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center that's located in the heart of Tokyo. The show is brought to you by Potsuke Productions and is made all nice and pretty with audio production by Mr. Frank Walter. <laughs>